Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Monday morning. Welcome to what, what are we? We're two weeks away now. Two weeks away from the start of football. Ah, uh-huh, two weeks from Saturday. Two, two weeks from Saturday. Yeah. So two and a half weeks. So we'll call it that. We're, we're just going to say two and a half. It's going to be like the Seinfeld thing. It's one night, really. You know, we're just <laughs> we're going to go that route. We're getting closer and closer to football. A lot to talk about on today's show. Thank you guys for listening wherever you're listening from. However you're listening to us at supertalk.fm or anywhere you're getting your podcast. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us behind our backs. Is that, that's not the right way to put that. You know, while we sleep. I don't know. Taking care of us. They're just taking period. care of us, period. Yeah. Want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Thank you for the laugh this week. We appreciate that. <laughs> that was outstanding. Yes. In that, fact, that, that, I looked at it again yesterday. It's still funny. And it was still funny. It's funny the second time. And uh, apparently, in fact, yesterday after uh, Mississippi State, of course, had its on campus media day, we talked to a lot of the guys, coaches, and stuff on Saturday. And I, I went straight from there over to Strange Brew, got me a good old caramel macchiato, and sat there and drank and rode a little bit. And, uh, as I was doing that, they took a uh, Instagram photo of some nicely fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, mm. and I come to find out, I saw on Instagram later they had posted it. They took them over to McDonald's. I guess it's like a peace offering. Like we we do love Seriously, you guys. Though, like two billion dollar company, you can't afford another S. What's going on there? <laughs> all right. So uh, anyway, I say all that to say I think Strange Room McDonald's. They're bro- they have they're, a, they're bros. They're they're frenemies. Yeah, they are. They're you know they they take shots at each other. They got a friendly rivalry going there. <laughs> and I I don't know. Chains there up, is though. no rivalry between the hammer and the nail. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, we're going to talk a positional breakdown on today's show. We'll look at the safety position. Uh, it should be a very interesting one uh, to take a look at. But we're going to start with the quarterbacks as as become the that, that's the that's the main story. That's what everybody wants to know about uh, this offseason. So here's my question to you, Joel. We talked to Joe Moorhead on, on uh, Saturday at MSU Media Day. We talked to Tommy Stevens and Keaton Thompson. It seems from all indications this, this is still a dead heat. This is still you know very much both guys are in it. They had their scrimmage uh, Saturday night. Is it a surprise? Is it a problem? Is it a good thing? What is it that the, the quarterback competition, you know, basically week and a half into camp is still a uh, what appears to be a dead heat? Well, the the bottom line is it comes down to whether or not you want to believe the things that you hear these guys say. We heard Tommy Stevens say on Saturday that this is the best camp he's ever had. Um, If that's to be believed, and you also believe what some of the sourcing, and I'll I'll credit 247 Sports here um, for, for some of their... Uh, scrimmage notes. Of course, there was a scrimmage Saturday night. Keaton apparently performed pretty well at that, yeah. um, possibly even better than Stevens. From what we've seen at practice, um, Tommy has had some really good times that we've watched, and mm-hmm. so has Keaton. Yeah. Um, so if you want to believe Tommy at face value that this is the best camp he's ever had, and yet there are days when Keaton is outperforming him, I'd say it being a dead heat is a darn good thing. If you want to believe everything they're saying. Right. Which I do. And, and yeah, I, I, I have no reason to, you know. I mean, granted, they're not going to stand behind the podium and say, you know what, guys, I've been sucking and I'm definitely second team. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. But It would be interesting if they did. But I don't think Tommy Stevens would stand at a podium and say something like, this is the best camp I've ever had, if he wasn't performing pretty well. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And so, with that said and with what we've seen, which again is not a ton, but we've seen some, and what we've heard about Keaton and things, 
I think it's a good thing. It seems like both guys have progressed. And for that matter, I mean, we've, we've heard that Garrett Schrader has really progressed a good bit, too. Yeah, actually, so, Moorhead mentioned him sort of unprompted yeah. on, uh, on Saturday. So apparently all these guys are, are for Tommy's case, I mean, he should be familiar. This is, what, fourth year in this, this uh, kind of system. That's what he said, yeah. And, you know, for Keaton and Garrett, that's great. That, that Here you are. I mean, you're, you've been in the system a little while now, and, and it's starting to click. So – Look, they're saying all the right things. I mean, I know that right now all it is is chatter. And on August 31st, if they go down to New Orleans and they get in the Superdome and nobody can hit a pat, you know, nobody can hit a deep ball and it's just same old, same old, just different guys calling the shots, then none of what they say matters. But right now, on August the whatever 10th it is, uh, you have to like what you're hearing. I mean, I know that, that – Everybody would love to have Joe Moorhead come out and say, well, X is the starting quarterback. Which, by the way, I still, you know, if you made me put my money on I'd still say Tommy Stevens is going right. to be the guy. But, I mean, Keaton is more than holding his own from everything we hear. And it's not because either one is struggling. They, they are both supposedly performing well. And if that is the case, and all these guys are telling us something close to the truth, I don't know how you could look at it as anything other than a positive right now. I'll tell you one thing that I, I think, and then again, I, this is just me drawing on, you know, using some deductive reasoning, however you want to put it. The, 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 the attitude that Keaton has shown throughout this leads me to believe that it's not any kind of slam dunk that he'll move on if he doesn't win this job. That he might very well take a red shirt and come back next year. Yeah. I mean, it feels like he has completely the right attitude for everything. You know, St- Stevens can come, could, could easily have come in and been like, I'm, I'm going to win the job. It's just that way. But. And I don't know, you know, like I said, we don't know what we're seeing in practice, but from just talking to him, he seems like he's not down on himself at all. He's very, very optimistic. He, 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 he's answering the questions the right way. And for me, you know, I, I, maybe I'm getting the impression this battle might be a little closer than I thought it was going to be. I still think it's going to be Tommy Stevens at the end, but Keaton is obviously doing some of some things the way Joe Moorhead wants them done. Yeah, yeah, and... and- Look, good for Keaton. You know, I, I quite frankly, going into this thing, didn't give him much of a shot. And I still, like you said, I mean, I'm still thinking that almost assuredly Tommy Stevens is going to win this job. But going off of that, the basis of that for, for I think, everyone is just the fact that Tommy Stevens is here, period. I think everyone that thinks that Tommy Stevens is going to be the starter thinks that because if he wasn't going to be the starter, why'd he come here to begin with? Right. But if you take that out of your mind, that if you take that part of the equation out of the mind, and you think this is a genuine Tommy versus Keaton quarterback battle, mm-hmm. no prior relationship with Moorhead, nothing, and it's just mano y mano, and whoever has the best camp wins the job. Right. From what we have heard, it really is a dead heat right now. Yeah. And if it stays a dead heat, you know, baseball, they always say, which, I, you know, and actually in the rule book, tie goes to the runner kind of thing. Yeah. Tie goes to Tommy. Yeah, you think? Don't you think? I would be – a tie to me would go to Keaton. Really? Because he, he would – he's been here and he's done everything. And maybe you – I would think just based on what you've seen of those two guys in college so far, you might feel better about Tommy's ability to win and play at a different position. You know, Keaton doesn't have a whole ton of experience playing elsewhere. Tommy Stevens does. He's played a ton – a good That's bit of true. wide receiver. So, yeah, I think a tie would favor Keaton Thompson. That's just me. I, I say that because, I mean, cause Tommy did hitch his wagon for his final collegiate season to Joe Moore. He did. And, um, 
So it just kind of seems like to me that it, all things being even, it'd, it'd be Tommy. Not to mention the fact... I mean, some of this too comes down to the fact, and Joe would know more, more about this than us, and of course he's not going to give you this answer because the position hadn't been settled yet, but back to what you were saying, is Keaton going to be willing to redshirt if, right. or not? Because if he is, then I would say Ty absolutely goes to Tommy. If he's like, yeah, I'll redshirt and come back and compete next year. That's a good point. Um. I, it's going to be so interesting, man, because, look, I, I know that probably some people listen to this show sometimes and think that that we're down on Keaton and things because, he, you know, he, his The his last accuracy, two practices we got to attend, I thought Keaton threw the ball better than Tommy's. Yeah, you, you, you've said that, and, and I kind of – I think I missed the last practice because of church stuff or whatever. But anyway – I believe you, I believe you did, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean – You, you would have. Has, it was on Wednesday. Keaton yeah. has looked good and, and things too. I guess what I'm trying to say is that – we're not really – if Keaton wins the job, I don't necessarily think State's season is in the toilet. No, know? no, no. <laughs> so I don't want anybody to get that impression either. I I don't think that, that Keaton is a bad quarterback or anything like that. It's just all the other factors to me seem to point towards Tommy. But I don't know, man. Like you say, everything everybody says, it's a tie ball game right now in the middle of August. And, and so we'll we'll see how it goes. It could be something interesting too. I don't know that State would play it this way, but, it, it, you know, you get four games to play, and if you think Keaton can be a weapon for you, but yet you still want to redshirt him, there's nothing that says Keaton couldn't play the four biggest games of the year somehow. You know, if you think you could work a wrinkle in there somehow and get him in there against Bama and LSU, and th- you can play any four games you want to if, yeah. you, if you think he can give you a trick that play or something. That would be a something. very interesting situation. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm saying you could be creative with this thing. It's not like any more... If you redshirt, you don't get to see the field at all right. kind of thing. So, to me, if I'm Keaton, maybe that makes me stick around a little bit. It's not like I'm just going to sit there like a knot on a log for a full year and never never see the field right. kind of thing. And uh, even even if you're not, you're going to redshirt and they want to do the traditional way, you're still going to play. You still get the four games. And look, it's football. You could be the starter in week two, even if you didn't win the job, you know? Right. And if Keaton Thompson is your backup quarterback, well, guess what? He's... Two and zero as a starter in his career, filling in for the starter. Yeah. So I mean, you, you could have a lot worse. I promise options. you, they're they're outside. I'm trying to think of anybody. State will have the most experienced backup quarterback in the SEC this year, I would imagine, by far, by far. Unless I think, unless that TCU kid gets eligible at Missouri, yeah, that's that, that's always and that's a good thing. That's a good thing for Mississippi State. So, I guess the last question to have, and I don't know if I asked, are you surprised that it, it's still tight? No. No. No, I mean, and here's another part of this. I think if it wasn't tight. We wouldn't know. No, I think you would with Joe. Oh, okay. I, I, I feel like Joe, and, and look, people are free to have their own different opinions on this, but to me, since Joe has been here, he hadn't really been one to fill us full of crap. Right. I think if he had made a decision 100%, Mm-hmm. we would know. I don't think this is coach speak. Uh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's some kind of protective thing where to, to keep everybody motivated for a little while so he's going to keep it under his vest and not tell anybody. Right. Maybe internally inside his head he knows. But I, I think if it was something that he had, like, started to communicate to the team, kind of, we would know. Mm-hmm. So uh, am I surprised no, because it does kind of keep everybody motivated and think everybody still compete for the starting job. But I also think that's the truth a little bit too. I still think Tommy is the is the odds on favorite. 
Um, I do think he will be your starter, barring, you know, injury or something like that. Right. But I don't think Heaton's chances are zero percent either. No. I don't I don't I don't And either. I think going into this He's deal He's improved his opportunity here in, in, in the in the fall. Camp. I think going into this deal, I would have told you that his chances were I don't know if I'd have said zero percent, but very, very low. I still don't think they're great, um, because of all the other, you know, factors. But I do think he has a much greater shot to be the starter today than he had than I originally thought he had back at the beginning of the month. I agree. I agree with that hundred percent. That's all we really got out of a, you know, we didn't get much out of media day. I, you you mentioned that, and I, and I agree with this. Every time we talk to Bob Shoup, I feel like we learned something. Yeah, you know, and he's just a great coach to talk to. But in particular, you said you thought he got you got the vibe of a coach who doesn't feel like his defense is going to take that big of a step back. No, I think that he and and Moore had kind of said this too, but I thought Bob outlined it maybe better than than Joe did. That look, defenses can be effective in multiple ways. Uh, yeah, last year the strength up was the defensive line. But Bob went through talking about how, you know, some years you're a good blitzing team, and some years the strength is your linebackers, and some years the strength is your secondary, and and you you play to your strengths. And I feel like that there is a plan in place to, to try and keep Mississippi State up near the top. I, I'm not saying that they're going to end the year – number one in defense again, as they did a year ago, and only give up 15 touchdowns or whatever it was last year, the fewest in the nation. I'm not saying they won't have their bumps and bruises this this season as they figure things out, but you don't sense any panic, so to speak. You know, it'd be easy for Bob Shoup or Joe Moorhead even to get up there and start kind of laying the groundwork a little bit for, yeah, we might struggle a little bit early on defense. It'd be really easy little, to – A little to, under-promise, over-deliver. yeah. I don't know that we've had that at all. No, I don't think we have at all. And, I mean, I think that's promising, personally. Because if I was in their shoes, seeing what that, that side of the ball lost, I might be behind that podium saying things like, yeah, it may take us a game or two to really get our feet under sky. You know, I might be trying to temper expectations down a little bit. But, yeah. no, Bob Shoup's up there saying, there's a standard here at Mississippi State, and the players might change, but that standard hadn't kind of deal. I mean, he's again, it's just coach speak, but he's he's saying what you want him to say. Uh you haven't gotten any sense whatsoever yet that that the defense is going to drop off. Now look, is it going to? As we said, probably so a little bit, but Right. But but drop off is such a difficult term. You know, drop off could mean, okay, we were number 1, but now we're number 15. That's still really good. To be when people think you hear drop off like, "Oh god, they're going to be they're going to go from worse to first to worse." doesn't have to be that way. There's still talent on the defensive side of the ball. You have great linebackers. You're really good in the secondary. You've got some good defensive ends. You just got to figure it out at defensive tackle. Now, that's a big thing to figure out because what happens in the middle there sort of you know sets a tone for everything else. But there's, there's no reason to sit there and look at this team today and say, okay, yeah, they're going to take this huge drop-off. It, it could just be a little one. And if that's the case, if you have any kind of offensive improvement, you're going to be at worst right where you were a season ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100% agree. And – I, I'm interested to see how this defense responds to losing the the personnel that it lost. How many times in SEC history does a defense like last year? You know, you, you lose over a a quarter of your defense to the first round of the NFL draft. You also lose Gary Green to the what fifth or sixth round? I yeah. can't remember now. Yeah. Uh, you you got several guys that. You know the the Braxton Hoyets and things that were, that were big time 
contributors that yeah. are gone. I'm sure in Alabama or something, there's been a lot of talent leave a defense yeah. at some point at one time, but there's five stars waiting in the wings to, to fill those spots. Right. It, it's, it's unusual for the Mississippi states and things of the world to have this much talent leave at one time. But yet, I don't know what it is. There is still this feeling that State is in a spot to be really good defensively. Yeah. I mean, that just shows how the program, I guess, has grown. And I guess you can credit Dan Mullen a little bit for Absolutely. building from this point. Yeah. point. I mean, you could also blame him a little bit for having some <laughs> holes in the defensive line, line and things, the way they recruited and having like some gaps in the, uh, the recruiting there. It's why you end up with a couple of – Seniors hadn't done much, and then behind them a bunch of freshmen. Basically, yeah. I mean, you can you can blame him for some stuff too, but I don't know. It's a different program than what your daddy and granddaddy were oh, no back in the day. There's no question about that. And, and sure. so it, it is kind of I don't know if cool is the word, but it's that that state has lost so much talent, but yet there's still a lot of hope that they can still be really good on the defensive side of the ball. Right. Another thing from media day that I don't know if you got to talk to him, but talked to Chris Marr for a little while. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. No. He has been one of the the talks of training camp, uh, yeah. getting to watch him and, and his excitement level on the field. I mean, first off, dude looks like he could play linebacker for the Patriots or something today. Uh, he is in amazing shape, but he's bouncing around. Uh, he's been called the Energizer Bunny, I think, at least three times during camp by different folks, Joe Morehead included. And um, he, I, I talked to him a little bit about uh, Willie and Errol and, and Leo and himself and that's a guy right there that I think that Mississippi State fans, if you get to see him coach or, or you get to be around him a little bit, that's a guy that you should be, I think, proud that, he, that he's a bulldog. He's a he's a, a really cool guy that I'm looking forward to, to watching coach and getting to know a little bit. Um, passionate. That's how I describe Chris Marv. That's how he kind of described himself as I was talking to him. And um, man, that passion comes out on the on the field as much so as. I wasn't here when Jeff Collins was here. I don't know what that was like. It may have been similar. I don't know. But Chris Marv is as, you know, jumping up and down in your face, positive, it seems, um, passionate guys you'll find. And then he's he's kind of guy, if I was playing football, if I was a linebacker, I wish he was my position coach. I made the comment that he was sitting there at the, the desk or the table with, you know, glasses on, a polo shirt on, and he was just sitting there talking very calmly. I was like, it's like that's his Clark Kent. Yeah. And then out on the field, you see the Superman, the guy who's just, I mean, Moorhead made that comment. He said his, his shirt's always drenched in sweat. By after, like period two. By like period two. So, yeah, I mean, Marv is definitely an up-and-comer. You know, he looks like a guy, a future defensive coordinator for sure. Somebody that, you know, if if Bob Schupp were to leave this season, you might go ahead and pull the trigger and just say, look, let's see what we can get here and make him your defensive coordinator because he's going to be somebody's very, very soon. Uh, so good, good guy to have on the staff uh, for sure. Well, we were talking about Shoop. Let's talk about his position group. He coaches the safeties at Mississippi State. What an interesting uh, situation they have because normally you think, okay, you lose two big-time starters. Guys, McLaurin has been, what, a three-year starter. Jonathan Abrams is a two-year starter, first-round pick. And you think, okay, they're going to have to rebuild. And they had a lot of injuries a season ago. And you think, wow, uh, to have that kind of loss, all these guys played. The top four guys all played a lot. Brian Cole, Bebe, Jaquarius Landrews, Marcus Murphy, C.J. Morgan, all those guys played and played pretty well Yeah, uh, for Mississippi State. So this is a very interesting group for me. Is it possible that even losing those two guys, you don't see a huge, use that word again, drop-off from this group? 
I think it's very possible. Uh, because I I think Brian Cole could give you, I think I've said it on this pod a little bit, Brian Cole could give you an Abram-like impact, I think. I think he might have been on the cusp of doing that before he got hurt. Um, Landrews played a ton. C.J. Morgan. Didn't they say that, didn't somebody say that it was actually Abram's idea to move him to safety? Yeah. Well, he would, no, 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 it was, it was Abram's, well, he was playing the, uh, his, it was his, his idea to move him to star. Because he was, I think he was the backup strong safety. I think, I think that when, you know, they, they had Cole at the start of start, then they had Landrews, and then when they both got hurt, they were like, who are we going to put there? And that's when yeah. they said, let's go with, uh, with Abram. So that was, with, with, with uh, Morgan. That was interesting, but I've got a lot of faith in those guys. At least from what I've seen, I mean, uh, un- it's one of those deals where until they prove otherwise that, that they can't do the job, I think they can because they, they, they've looked good in the times that they were on the field last year. And, yeah, they're, they're going to play bigger roles this year. But, I mean, I think that you can go into the year feeling really good about where State is there. I agree. I agree 100%. I think the biggest the breakout star in this group is, is Brian Cole. I think he's the guy that can uh, provide – the best chance to replace Jonathan Abram. Now, and, and, and this is something I asked Deke Adams yesterday. I got a chance to talk to him for a minute. I said, you know, when you have these kind of players that you're trying to replace, how hard is it as a coach, you know, to say, look, don't try to be them. Be yourself. And he's like, that's exactly what we coach them every day. And I smack, I'm going to make the assumption that Shoup is saying the same thing to whoever is going to play that strong safety role. I don't know that Cole's going to be in that strong safety role. But in terms of star power, I think Brian Cole is, is the best the best guy there. Yeah, I, it's – and in talking to him back during the spring, especially, he's kind of got that that swag. I don't mm-hmm. like saying the word swag because I don't think it comes out of my mouth good. But, <laughs> um, but he, he's kind of got that that aura about him where he thinks he's about to really break out. Yeah. And, and so uh, I don't know. A lot of time. I mean, sometimes we deal with guys that have that confidence, and you just it never comes to fruition. Right. But. He's, That's when it's not confidence. That's when it's cocky. Yeah, he showed enough flashes to me last year that I think he can back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm interested to see what he can do. I hope I hope he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if he does, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I think he can provide a a big time impact for Mississippi State and and, and be. I don't want to say he can, you know, become Jonathan Abram and hop into the first round of the NFL draft. But who would have thought Jonathan Abram would have hopped into the first round of the NFL draft this no, time of year ago? Right. I mean, you just you don't know, but but I think that that Brian Cole has the athleticism and, and, and the skill set to very adequately, you know, make up some of that ground that, that State lost. The only the only concern I have in the safety position is this: Abram was so good against the run. I think the guy who's best against the run in this group is Landrews. So that might be he might be the guy to look at at strong safety because. Abram just he just wrecked people in the running game. It was it was crazy. One of my my the plays that you know when I, towards the end of the season when you started getting the idea that Abram was going to be a first round pick, go back and rewatch the Egg Bowl. I don't think I have to twist anybody's arm to do that. And there's a play where they ran a jet sweep and uh, Abram was on the other side of the field and he runs it down, completely runs it down. I mean he he was so good in run support. And this the, that was one thing that made State's defense really good last year. The whole secondary was pretty good. Dancer was good in run support. Jamal Peters was. So, so was Smitherman. Well, talking about Shoup, that was one of the things he said, was that, yeah. that HTB mentality that he tries to put in the guys. Hunt the ball at all times. And and I thought you saw that a lot out of State safeties last year. And I, you'd have to think it's being preached over and over again this year. Yeah. For me, for me that's, that's, that's the biggest question I have. 
I, I like I think if you said pick the lineup today, I think it's gonna be Cole, Landrews, Murphy. Murphy is probably <sighs> Murphy is probably the free safety. Is that right? Do you think? I don't know. Or is Morgan back there? That's a, that's the one thing that's good here is you have all these guys, but I don't know where they're going to put them. I, it could be a situation like you, you if you heard, uh, <coughs> excuse me, what Morgan talks about the offensive line, about how it's not about the, the depth chart, it's about who's the next best guy. They might just swing these guys around, yeah, because I think they're all talented enough to play each position. You know, I think Landrews might make the best strong. Brian Cole with the speed might be the best free safety option, and then Marcus Murphy as, as the star. But I don't know that it's going to play that way, and I don't know that there's going to be any kind of set rotation there. It might be a question we need to ask Bob Shoup about how how do you how do you play these guys that you have all this experience there? How, how, what's the rotation like for them? I mean, it's a great question, and I'm I'm with you in that I think that all these guys can pretty much do it all. Yeah, I, I don't know that you can necessarily go wrong. I don't really even know to, to sit here and guess uh, how, how they'll how they'll try and line it up, but I don't know. It's kind of like a baseball team that you got three power hitters. You know, does it really matter who hits third, who hits fourth, who hits fifth? I mean, just throw them out there, and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, you can always shift things around a little bit. We'll, we'll see what state does. But bottom line, there's plenty of talent there, yeah. and and. and with Marcus Murphy and Morgan and whoever's on the bench, I mean, there's there's plenty of other options if one of the ones in front of them falters. So uh, that's why I feel so good about it is, is just the, the fact that not only do you have talent that you trust replacing the talent that left, there's talent behind the talent that, that you kind of trust too. So you can mix and match, and if one guy doesn't perform up to expectations, there's other really good options to, to give a shot. One guy we haven't talked about yet that Brian, I'm sorry, that Bob Shoup talked about a, a good bit on Saturday was Fred Peters, the junior college yeah. transfer out of Jones County. Everybody's going to sort of follow the same path as uh, Jonathan Abram, uh, a guy they really, really liked. Say he's a smart guy, 4-0 student was, was what they talked about. I think he's going to – I think he's either going to play a big role or they might try to go the same route they went with Cole and Landry's and give him a redshirt because you've got the depth there. If you don't need him, it'd be great to have him for two more years. But at the same time, he might be too talented to keep off the field. Yeah, we've we've heard shoot going back to the spring. Even. It's almost like he raves about him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's there's like a lot of of, of happiness when he talks. about I mean, him. I can remember one of the spring practices that we were at, and he was. I think Peters had a couple picks that day or something, and and uh, so we heard his name a lot back back during the spring. But yeah, and, and he brought him up again. Unprompted, unprompted on, on on Saturday. So that that makes you think. Anytime when you're in these these pressers and, and names come up that aren't really even asked about, that kind of perks your ears up a little bit. And and Shupshire did that again with 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 Peters. So it just adds to to the options that you have. And uh, you know you, you can't ever have too many options as you no. see as you see at uh, places like Alabama and things that. Next man up mentality is what state always preaches well, yeah, I mean, and things. Depth and, and is what wins games. You know, any, everybody can have front line talent. Your starting twenty two can be great, but what happens when guys start going down? Yeah, you know what happens when guys start getting hurt? What guys happen, what happens in the fourth quarter where guys need a, a rest? That's when you. That's when championships are won. Is is how you, you know what your depth chart looks like? It's not just about what your you know your starting twenty two is. State starting twenty two. I mean, look at it last year. It's as good as anybody in the country. You know. But outside of the quarterback position, but beyond that, I mean, they just there were, there were problems. With, you know, that's what kept the defense good. Was okay, Cole is out, Landry's comes in. Okay, now Landry's out. Morgan comes in. You know, they they had those guys to shuffle out. They had five or six defensive tackles. 
So having this kind of depth is certainly not going to be a bad thing for Mississippi State. They're certainly going to uh, want to keep that kind of depth uh, for as long as they can. I, I don't see any reason to think this safety position this year won't be really, really good for Bob Sheep and for this Mississippi State defense. I, I, I really do. Th- I'm starting to, to buy into the idea. They're not going to be the number one defense. Don't ever get that in mind. But this is, I don't, they might be better than you think they're going to be. Yeah. And that seems you like know, a- when you look defensively, if you looked at the, I guess, projected too deep or whatever, mm-hmm. is there any position group that you, when the second team is in, if the second team is in, that you've, Really, corners the only thing that kind of steps out is just defensively. Yeah, we're looking at? yeah. The, the corners. Well, I mean, I just don't know enough about the first team defensive tackles to really make that kind of decision. Yeah, that's true. But at corner, you you definitely take a step back from Smitherman and Dancer. Yeah. But I mean, I, I like the guys. I like the guys behind them, but yeah. they're not Smitherman and Dancer. Right. Those, those are the, that's where it's really different for you. But other than that, yeah, there's depth everywhere, especially at linebacker, at defensive end, and at safety. Those are those are key positions. So. All right, so next week we'll talk about special teams in our positional breakdown. This week on the on the uh, Thunder and Lightning, what do we have? We have opponent preview should be Kansas State. Box score is Arkansas. I think we're we're just right on the edge of that box score being caught up. I think I think we're a little bit behind, but we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm glad you keep up with all this crap. It's my job, bro. Yeah, it is. It's my job. I, I just show up and talk uh, about what you want to talk. So about. So we got those two things. Our SEC preview this week. The Ole Miss Rebels. We'll talk about the Rebels tomorrow and uh, what to expect from them. I'm going to give you guys a spoiler alert. I don't think they're any good. And that's completely unbiased. I'm not I'm not even kidding. Just look at that team and look at that schedule, buddy. You you, you have fun finding me six wins on there. Um, so we'll do them. And uh, beyond that, you know, we've got players to talk to this week. Uh, on Wednesday, we talked to some assistant coaches, and specifically we talked to Andrew Briner. So that means our Thursday podcast, we maybe have some more insight into the quarterbacks and what's going on there. Uh, and then we talked to Moorhead again on. We don't talk to Moorhead again until Saturday. Saturday night. So that will recap what we talked to him about after a, the second scrimmage. After the second scrimmage. So we really, at that point, you know, what we talked about earlier today, the quarterback battle, that seems to be a point where two scrimmages in, somebody needs to have separated at that point. I, I, if you come to me on, if we come to talk to him on Saturday night and he's like, I felt like so they were both even, now I'm starting to wonder what's happening. Well, he has said, remember. At media day, and then he then he rehashed it again a week ago when I asked. But he, that ten day out from the first game thing, which there's a scrimmage, right. the Wednesday, ten days out from the first game, right. that was kind of his tentative. Maybe we can name a starter by here yeah. date. Now he said it could be longer than that, could be shorter than that, but that was kind of the he said ideally that's where it's where it's been in the past. So it's not going to totally shock me if we talk to him on Saturday and. You know, at that point, you're still two weeks out from the game, yeah. and that Wednesday is still four or five days away. It's not going to shock me if you talk to him and they're still still trying to figure it out. Still trying to figure things out. We'll see. We'll see what happens next week. All right, guys, good week for you here on Thunder and Lightning. We're looking forward to it as we continue to get closer and closer to the start of football season. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.